How Not to Vampire, Season 1. Written by Rodney V. Smith. Narrated by Rodney V. Smith. Chapter 1. My Own Worst Enemy. Pro Tip for Humans, number 146. If you think your life sucks, try mine sometime. You know that dream you have where some unknown assailant grabs you by the legs and drags you forcefully from your bed, only for you to smash your head on the floor and face you to wake the fuck up? Me either. So, for that actual thing to happen to me was a hell of a shock. My day began with an explosion of agony in the back of my skull. It wasn't the usual type that was preceded by a night of heavy partying when someone else was paying the bill. No, this was a different type of pain completely. It was a type that would have rendered a person unconscious, but it kind of gets complicated when that person is already unconscious. So, instead of being knocked the fuck out, I was essentially knocked the fuck awake. Pain spiking through my head, my ears ringing in a kind of, you just got a concussion way. Just to add to the insults and confusion, there was something over my head. Through the pain and fog that had become my brain, I realized that I should be freaking the fuck out. I couldn't see what was going on, but I could feel hands on both my legs, and holy shit, I was being dragged across the floor. Wait, I mumbled, instead of yelling something utterly heroic and incomprehensible. In situations like this, what exactly is the appropriate thing to yell? Your choices usually come down to a variation of, hey, stop doing that, hey, you, stop, or a lot of wordless yelling. The dragon suddenly stopped. I didn't even have time to wonder what that meant before somebody punched me in the face. One, two, three times, adding to my ongoing head trauma. Ow! I managed, and then whatever was on my head was ripped away. I slowly blinked at the two very pissed off women who stared down at me, my brain trying and failing to connect the faces with names. I was also desperately trying not to think about how I was only wearing my Superman skivvies and that I had suddenly become a line from a Weezer song. Finally, something clicked. Tanya! Doreen! I blustered as cheerfully as I could, which wasn't much to be honest. The pain that was masquerading as my brain had come to the conclusion that this might all be a stupid prank. You had me worried for a second there. I thought it was someone who actually wanted to kill me. Hi, Bob! Doreen smiled nervously. Nice underwear, she said, blushing. Doreen looked tough. The sides of her head shaved with remaining hair at the top, dyed blue, and pulled back into a ponytail. But that was by design. Doreen had always been a sweetheart to me, and I was honestly surprised that she had been roped into this mess. Whatever it was. At least she was a little embarrassed by the sight of all my exposed brown skin. My naked chest probably did nothing for her since she was into chicks, but I was glad that my irregular workout routine had yielded some kind of muscle, and that I wasn't too scrawny looking for my attackers. I'd like to say that any other female assailants who were not lesbians would have been at least distracted by my manly looks. But who am I kidding? I'm an average height, black Mexican guy. My dad is from Barbados, my mom from Mexico. Reasonably good looking if I don't let my scruff get too long. I'm not a hunk of hunk of burning man meat, if that's what you're into. But my past girlfriends have always said that I had a particular mischievous look that made them weak in the knees. Since it's hard to get that kind of a reaction in the middle of an assault... I was fucked, especially since one of said assailants, Tanya, had never really liked me. We're going to kill you if you don't tell us where they are, Tanya snarled. See what I mean? 
Tanya was short and mean and worked out a lot, but you could tell she skipped leg day at the gym with those spiny legs of hers and was all about the upper body. She was covered in tattoos, but only had one professionally done on her left shoulder. She made a point of wearing shirts that displayed it well. It was of a giant eagle on a Canadian flag and was literally labeled Pride and Joy, just to sell the cliché. The rest had been home jobs, each exhibiting varying degrees of skill from bad to what the fuck. Can I call a timeout so we can start over and you guys can tell me what the fuck it is you want instead of playing the pronoun game? Hit him again, Tanya snarled. Doreen looked really apologetic, but she went ahead and punched me again, hard. My head rocked back and collided with a fake wood floor. Please stop hitting me, I groaned, clutching my still unbroken nose. The back of my skull was in agony too, but I couldn't decide which part of it needed the most attention since my brain was now throbbing. Sorry, Doreen whispered and then looked embarrassed when Tanya glared at her. Tell us where the drugs are, Bob, Tanya snapped at me. A moment of clarity struck me. I looked from Doreen to Tanya and then back again, but there was no help from either of them. My brain had finally decided that this wasn't a prank after all and was now filling my body with a mixture of endorphins and adrenaline. A panic thought managed to break through, and I racked my brain, trying to remember if Jamie had spent the night or not. From the amount of light coming through the crack of the curtains in the living room, it looked to be about midday. So even if she had spent the night, she had already left for work. So there was no danger to her, right? Right. One less thing to freak out about. Now, about the other thing. Oh, come on, you guys. Those aren't my drugs, I protested. Those are Julio's drugs. I'm just holding on to them for him. And, and you, you know what? I don't even know if they are actually drugs, so cut the shit and tell us where they are, dickwad, Tanya growled. She reached into the back of her waistband and pulled out a nasty-looking handgun. From the way she held it, I could tell she knew what she was doing and was not just posing with it. Are you going to make me ask you again? Doreen mouthed something to me that looked like, just tell her, but it was hard to be sure. The toilet flushed at that moment, and we all froze while we each decided how to react to the sound, at the same time coming to terms with what the flush meant. There was someone else in the house. Who the fuck is that? Tanya snarled. She motioned frantically to Doreen, who scurried over to the bathroom door and planted herself against the wall, lying in wait. Jamie, stay in there! I yelled, and Tanya casually punched me in the nose. Damn it! My yelling had been pointless. The bathroom door clicked and swung open after a moment. Jamie, my girlfriend and love of my life, half danced into the living room, her head lowered as she looked at something in her hands. All we saw of her was a mass of jet black curls that defied the best brushes and any attempts to tame them. There was a white cord running from the curls to the phone in her hands, a definite sign that she was listening to her ongoing collection of favorite songs that I affectionately called Jamie's Infinite Playlist. She had no idea what was going on. Jamie looked up and first saw me on the floor. Then her eyes went to Tanya. And then they went to Tanya's big fucking gun, which was pointed right at Jamie's fucking face. Oh, for fuck's sake, Bob, Jamie said. Bitch! Tanya never got to finish what she was going to say. It might have been something along the lines of, Bitch, you better sit your ass down before I shoot you in the face. Or something equally charming. Jamie didn't give her the chance to finish. What Tanya and a lot of people didn't know was 
that my girlfriend kicks ass. And the last thing you want to do is stick a gun in her face. Jamie had done a stint in the army long before she met me, and she had absolutely loved it. We always joked about how she could beat me easily with her hands tied behind her back. I was the one in the relationship with zero fighting skills. Jamie, on the other hand, let's just say that she was fast. Tanya didn't even begin to react as Jamie leaned out of the path of the gun, stepped forward, grabbed Tanya's gun hand, and in a fluid motion, ripped the gun away in the most painful manner possible, almost breaking Tanya's fingers and possibly taking some skin in the process. Fuck! Tanya yelled in pain, pulling her injured hand away. Jamie stepped back, bringing the gun to bear on Tanya. Or at least she tried to. Two things happened at once. I scrambled backward, trying to get to my feet, but Tanya stumbled into me, and we fell down in a tumble of limbs. And Doreen snuck from behind Jamie and clapped her hands together hard with Jamie's head in the middle, in a classic ear clap. Jamie cried out, dropping the gun, her face twisted in agony. Of course, Tanya chose that exact moment to sucker punch me, and I reeled backward, my head ringing, not quite unlike a bell. A moment later, I was back to kneeling on the floor next to Jamie, a visibly pissed-off Tanya stalking back and forth with a gun in her uninjured hand. Doreen stood behind us, possibly to make sure that Jamie didn't try anything. I snuck a look at Jamie, and she just looked stunned. There was a trickle of blood coming from one ear. Okay, we're going back to basics, you feel me? Tanya said. Either you tell me where the drugs are, or I'm going to shoot your bitch in the face. End of chapter one. How Not to Vampire season one is available exclusively on Wattpad, with new chapters being released every Monday.